Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Education says this is not education, this is health, and health often measures clinical outcomes. Pioneering a new direction, you 100% have to back yourself and be willing to share the languages from the funding bodies and the stakeholders to be a middle ground so that you can talk the talk with the various stakeholders and not exclude yourself from those opportunities. Warning, this episode may contain themes some listeners may find distressing. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. If you are in another country other than Australia, please call your emergency services. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thank you for listening to episode 407 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. And today we are speaking with Ali Kelly. Ali is the CEO and founder of Mind Blank Limited. For years, she has been a grassroots social advocate and firm believer in early intervention. She's a passionate and nationally recognised professional in the suicide prevention sector. Ali believes that primary prevention offers the greatest hope for intervention recovery and therefore takes every opportunity to educate the community to recognise the early signs of mental illness without stigmatising or discriminating. Her work with MyBlank sees the merging of arts and health coming together in impactful and creative ways. On today's episode, we will discuss what creative mental health promotion education is and why it can be powerful and an effective medium for change and how Ali's lived experience has informed and continues to inform the powerful and transformational work that she does across Australia. Ali, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited. It's awesome to have you here. Could you please just share a little bit about your background and what it was that has led you to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So my background is actually psychology and the performing arts. But let's just take a step back to share my why. What is my driver? Why on earth would I dedicate the last 12 years towards early intervention and prevention strategies before the world was ready for it? Look, long story short, I do have a lived experience of mental illness within my household. My first memory was actually age six. So growing up, being a carer of a parent who had some mental health issues, I very much did see the cycle of oppression that can occur with that. I myself am a survivor of post-traumatic stress disorder, so I've gone through the system and it taught me what type of gaps that we have. That pathway to actually seek help and get that support 
there are so many opportunities for improvements and that is the fire in my belly to want to do more. There's so much that we can do to educate the public, to educate community, to know what to do in a time of need, to equip people to really understand how to help others, but also let's build resilience. The medical model is this illness model and it's quite often focusing on the crisis end of things, but what we're not taught is how to hold space for individuals. And when it comes to this suicide prevention sector, too often I hear stories where there are people who may not know what to do in a time of need who are racing to the emergency services. And if we're waiting until a crisis moment to get help, it's not ideal. Our services are inundated. Anyone that has tried to reach the mental health sector may have experienced these waiting lists, anything from six weeks to six month waiting lists to help the intervention pathway. So there's a lot of tactics and techniques that we can do prior to those moments to help mitigate that high risk to more maintainable standards so that we can help equip our loved ones during these times. Absolutely. And I love that you do talk about this work in the prevention space. What is it that led you to create Mind Blank? What was the point where you said, okay, this is what I'm doing? Initially, the concept of Mind Blank came from actually first finding out what Forum Theatre is. For anyone that's a theatre nut, who may have been exposed to it, but those who haven't, Forum Theatre is a tactic, a technique that is theatre to provoke change. The moment that I discovered it, this light bulb came. Mental health literacy and health promotion is often facts and figures based, but using an interactive theatre model, you can bring those lessons into life. So I really do believe that there is an opportunity to skill up and engage the next generation of young Australians and storytelling is a fantastic medium to do it. Our ancestors who all walked before us all have some very primal storytelling strategies. Of course, it's a no-brainer that this technique could engage community. It provides a safe environment where we can actually go back through a storyline and see different choices that each of the characters can make. It actually helps educate and model what health-seeking behaviours are and how we can actually intervene from an early intervention perspective. What we don't realise in the eye of the storm when we're going through it, when everything's overwhelming, is how many support connections and networks there are out there. If we're waiting until that moment of crisis, often people feel quite isolated and let down by the sector or their peers if they're reaching out too late. I'm personally a huge advocate of what the arts can do as a model to help educate community, to model some positive behaviour choices, to model those help-seeking strategies and along the way help build resilience. If we can get these skills in early, we don't have to burn out. We don't have to wait for long waiting lists. So that's my response to you. Absolutely. And where are some of the places that we would find Mind Blank working and what are some of the impacts that you've had so far? I'm a huge advocate for going to support those who need it most. When you look at the statistics, youth mental health, suicide is the number one leading cause of death for young people. Then you've got statistics that show regional or country. You've got young people who are up to 60% higher risk. 
And then you've got communities where you've got some First Nation communities here in Australia where statistics show up to eight times higher risk of suicide than their non-Indigenous peers. We have worked literally in various parts of Australia, urban, regional and remote. My most fondest memories do come from the Northern Territory, our community partners, Team Health, which is a local mental health district, which services Darwin, Palmerston and First Nations communities around Kakadu National Park, as well as the Big Rivers communities, which is Big Rivers is in the heart towards Australia and the Northern Territory. Now, the impact that we are having, we do know through the research that we've conducted that we've got a really engaging model to help educate young people. What we do see is a reduction of stigma post programs and young people are actually taking initiative to seek help straight after the programs. Where we're going to is not just raising awareness, but it's also skill building components. I can tell you so many testimonies of young people coming back and sharing the experiences of life-changing moments for them. And I'll just share one example that we had seen in the Northern Territory because it really did impact me. There was a young person that stayed back post-program to just have a chat with the facilitators. And she was a high-risk young person. So, yes, she was from a First Nations background, but she was already tapped into the foster care system. She was a young person who was already sitting there on waiting lists. And what had happened is she needed help right then and there. What had happened is she was sitting on a waiting list for that help and support that she just wasn't getting. The fact that she was able to reach out to our community facilitators, the fact that we had partnered the local health district meant that we could short track her as a soft entry approach into other program support and other service support that she needed quite desperately. What had happened is a help-seeking barrier where she did not feel comfortable reaching out to the local school counsellor who she didn't find relatable. One of the messages we try and tell teenagers in particular, when you're seeking help, the first person you go to may not be that helpful for you, but you've got to keep at it. You've got to keep trying. And there's so many different responsible adults that you can reach out to. And in this particular circumstance, we're able to tap her into a different systems pathway, which got her that help that she needed. Amazing. And I know that you work in community centres, schools, youth detention centres, workplaces and community organisations. So it is really amazing to see how you bring the powerful work of MindBlank into all different communities, age groups, people of all different backgrounds and connect to them and help them to find effective pathways and innovative ways of delivering that mental health message, which is amazing. And you've worked skillfully at this nexus of mental health education and the arts as this innovative way to facilitate change. And of course, you've been acknowledged for that through your awards, such as the Suicide Prevention Life Awards for your outstanding contribution in the sector and the Mental Health Matters Awards and many other testaments to your unique and powerful approach. What have been a few key learnings in growing MindBlank to get it where it is today? I think one of the biggest challenges is pioneering a new direction. Where do we belong? We have struggled to get funding from the arts because they say this is not arts, it's education. Education is a complete different pathway 
and education says this is not education, this is health, and health often measures clinical outcomes. Pioneering a new direction, you 100% have to back yourself and be willing to share the languages from the funding bodies and the stakeholders to be a middle ground so that you can talk the talk with the various stakeholders and not exclude yourself from those opportunities. 100% you've got to back yourself in this journey. And the lesson that I did want to share is very much that you're only going to be stronger together. When you're pioneering, often business owners or founders feel like they have to do it all themselves. And absolutely, you're going to have a heavy weight. You're going to be needing to like grit army crawl through the first few years, etc. But together, you will work smarter to get better and longer term outcomes. Don't think that you have to know it all. There will be other people that you can work with that can help rise above the qualities or the strengths and weaknesses that you be, may be needing at different times. That's really helpful advice and suggestions there, Ali. What are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently? I really wanted to share Future Generation Global. So we've been very lucky to receive some impact funding over the next three years. But the reason I'm so excited about what FGG is doing is that they're onto this wave of investing in prevention. When we just invest in this illness model, we keep waiting for people to get sick and we keep funding the same resources. There's more need in community than there'll ever be enough resources to carry it. So FG as an impact funder have turned their focus around to start to realize maybe we actually should be investing in some prevention organizations. Why I'm excited with what they're doing is they're actually helping us measure prevention. There's been 14 different organizations that went through a very rigorous investigation to be put forward for this funding. They're backing us for three years as an investment to actually see change. And they're helping us with a bit of a framework as to how we measure and evaluate our outcomes. The point of difference that I see in them is they're looking to invest in prevention of youth mental health initiatives before the government is ready for it. Fantastic. And as you've already highlighted, the importance of prevention is just so valuable and can and does save lives. So, Ali, to finish off, what are some books or some resources that you would suggest to our listeners? The two that come to mind, books that is, that I've read that were incredibly helpful, The E-Myth and The 4-Hour Workweek. The reason I'm recommending them is one of the books will talk you through how, as a founder, putting a base for processes and frameworks for growth is going to save you so much time in the future because too often community work or excited, passionate founders, they grow their business organically. But if you're not creating that administration system along the way, you're going to create a lot more headaches as you continue to scale. The four-hour work week, just thinking differently about how to be effective with your resourcing and your time. I do want to also mention that right now I'm not reading any books. I'm actually taking some time out. So I've been listening to Oprah's Super Soul podcast because to me, that's what drives that energy and that fire in my belly. Go out there and hear passionate stories that inspire you because that will remind you why the work that you're doing is so important to community. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, Ali. Really appreciate it and keep doing your amazing work. 
Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.